You're listening to Cloudies with a Chance of Scripture. Today we are uh, stopping on Genesis 1.27. So we're not covering every single verse. We're stopping where it seems uh, uh, appropriate. Actually, we'll start with Genesis 1.26. So this is the creation narrative. God is creating all things. And uh, then we get to the peak of God's creation, which happens to be humanity. So uh, here's what uh, here's here's what happens in verse 26. It's it's a very curiously phrased verse that if you're like me growing up, you always like, wait, there seems to be more than one character at play here. What exactly is going on with all of this? Uh, because it says, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So, that's where we need to pause. Because if you're like me, eventually you turn to some kind of spiritual authority in the church, and you said, okay, what is going on here Right at the very beginning of the Bible, you know, I've always been told God created us uh, and that he is the creator. But here we have at the beginning of the Bible, it's saying, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And so you pause and you're like, hold up, what's what's happening here? Who's the our? Who's the us? And if you're like me also, you got the same answer that I did, the very Christianese answer of, oh, well, God is one, but uh, he's also in three forms, the Holy Trinity. So God is talking to himself. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all talking within themselves about what they're going to do. Now, uh, that seems like a fine answer as far as Christianity is concerned, but we have to be honest with ourselves. The Trinity is centuries off from being an established idea among uh, well, well, really, that's a Christian idea. It's not a Hebraic idea. It's not a Jewish idea. And this was written by the Hebrews, written by the Jews. So when we look at Genesis, we know that that's not what they were talking about. They weren't writing the, about the Trinity because they don't uh, have that ideology. In fact, when Christians come up with the idea of the Trinity, the Jews do everything they can to separate themselves from those those. Uh, uh, heretical Christians and what they've done with uh, uh, their God, turning him into three, even though we mean he's only one, but he comes in three forms. Of course, that's a, a whole nother divine mystery. Um, but since the Jews react so hard to our idea of the Trinity much later, you know, it's all the more easy to see that back in Bible times, when they were writing Genesis, they were not thinking that they were writing about the Trinity talking to himself. So that leaves us with the question, of course, who were they talking? Who was God talking to? If he's not talking to the Spirit and to Jesus, who exactly is he talking to? What, or, or at least, who did the Hebrews believe that he was talking to? Now, this is an important question for us to ask because, you know, it's right at the beginning of our Bible, and uh, we come across this passage all the time. We should have a good understanding of of what we're dealing with. Plus, our identity is found in this passage to some extent, right? We're created 
in the image of this hour. We're created in the image of this us. So what what is our image? What's our identity and all that? And here's here's what you have to understand. Throughout the Bible, you come in contact with uh, all kinds of different hierarchies of spiritual beings that God has created. In fact, uh, when you look at the book of Job, you'll actually come across a passage in which Job is talking about God creating and uh, the angels applauding him for it. In fact, let's uh, read this passage from Job right now. Job 38, 4-7. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding, who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk, or who laid its cornerstone, when the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Now, uh, here we have God responding to Job, and uh, just kind of uh, dialoguing, but as God's dialoguing, he's showing us a few things here. He's showing us sons of God, which were uh, kind of like higher up in the hierarchy of spiritual beings. The sons of God... Uh, watch God create things, and they shouted for joy as he did it. Uh, so we're seeing um, that some of the beings that were already existing at the time that God created were spiritual beings. Uh, we also saw there when the morning stars sang together, uh, and the, all the sons of God shouted for joy. If you remember last week's podcast, we talked about how in ancient times stars were understood to be deities or understood to be spiritual beings, to say the least. So uh, when ancient people looked up in the sky, they saw that stars moved, and therefore they assumed they must be alive. And since up there is the heavens, well, then those must be spiritual beings up there. So that being said, you have in Job 38, 4 through 7, God saying, hey, I created the world. Here's some of the things that I did when I was creating it. And Job, were you there as I was creating it? And the morning stars, that is all the spiritual beings, were singing together. Job, were you there when the sons of God came together and shouted for joy, these these other spiritual beings? So now we have this understanding of the Hebrew Bible that there were already beings that God had made who were existent and whom God was uh, uh, able to talk to at the time that he'd be creating. In fact, they were there shouting for joy. Now, here's where people get screwed up again. In fact, I think there's even some old... Uh, um, I think there's some older heresies back in the day in which... Uh, uh, people began to think that angels created them. Uh, I've actually seen this on Facebook. If you go to certain uh, jokes on Facebook, they they make all these jokes about angels creating beings. Like, hey, let's make this uh, uh, platypus. Uh, let's just put a weird bill on this mammal. You know, things like that. But they joke about it as though an angel created it rather than God created it. So there's even this understanding amongst some people uh, today cracking jokes about angels making us. Is that what the Bible's saying? Is God saying, hey, angels, sons of God, hey, morning stars, let's get together and create. Is that what the Bible's teaching us? And the answer is absolutely not. Absolutely not. In fact, one of the things throughout the Bible that sets God apart from all other spiritual beings in the Bible is, one, there's only one God because God is the one and only God. 
But part of what distinguishes him in like the spiritual understanding of the one and only God is that he created everything. Everything that exists, whether it's spiritual, physical, or anything, it all has its life and its ground and its being in him. He is the creator of all things. So, that being said, we have to get that straight uh, because there is this difficulty here. People, you know, if we're thinking, let us make man in our own image, if we believe that's a trinity, that's real easy because then it's just God talking to God, talking to God within himself saying, hey, let's go create. But uh, if if we start to look at it through the Hebrew lens and we see God talking to angels saying, hey, let's let's go make man in our image, well, then we kind of stop and we're like, then angels made us? And again, as I said, no. And here's how the uh, here's how the wording works out here. This is what you have to recognize. God says, let us make man in our image after our likeness. But then we fast forward one verse to verse 27, and it says this. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So, just to be clear... God comes into the room and says, let us make man in our image. But then God goes out to create and he is the only one creating. Michael Heiser, who's done a lot of great just teaching on this image idea in the first place. uh, He says this in his book, The Unseen Realm, which is probably my favorite book of all time. So if you're looking for a good book to read, this is a good one. Uh, If it's a little too... Um, dense for you, then check out his uh, book, Supernatural. Uh, that's the same book, but kind of uh, brought down to a easier-to-understand level. Okay, so here's what Heiser says about the linguistics here. He says, it's like me going into a room of friends and saying, hey, let's go get some pizza. I'm the one speaking. A group is hearing what I say. Similarly, God comes to the divine council with an exciting announcement Let's create humankind. And when he says divine counsel, he's talking about those spiritual beings mentioned in Job, the morning stars and the the sons of God and things like that. Uh, Heiser goes on. But if God is speaking to his divine counsel here, does that suggest that humankind was created by more than one Elohim? Uh, that is, more than one God? Was the creation of humankind a group project? Not at all. Back to my pizza illustration. If I'm the one paying for the pizza, making the plan happen after announcing it, then I retain both the inspiration and the initiative for the entire project. That's how Genesis 1.26 works. So, yeah, just to re-say that back, right here we have Heiser saying, God basically walks into the room, let us get pizza. But then God goes on and he's the one who buys the pizza. It's a great analogy uh, to understand the way that uh, the Hebrew is written. So in the same way, God's saying, let's go make man in our image. And then God goes and creates man. Only he does it. He is the one and only creator. So no, other beings did not create us. Uh, sure, other beings were there in the beginning with God because he had already created them. Um, but uh, they took part in creation, if you will, not by creating anything. They took part in the creation story by celebrating as God created, as Job points out. 
So that's kind of how those linguistics work. I hope that helps you out. Uh, but here's another very important thing to note in everything that we were just saying. It's this idea of image. Okay. So now that we have this understanding that uh, God is talking to the other spiritual beings he's created, then we also have this understanding that God just said, hey, let's go make man in our image, implying in the same way you and I as human beings are created in God's image, guess what? Spiritual beings in heaven are also created in God's image. So we are image bearers. Uh, angels are image bearers, just like humans are image bearers. We carry the same kind of like identity, the same kind of purpose, if you will. And that idea of imaging, Heiser again gives us a good way to understand uh, the original context of image, is it's a verb. We are imagers. So God has made us in his image so that we go out and image him. We are to be imagers of him so that when people see humanity, they would catch a glimpse of what God is like in every component. Not, and We're not talking physicality, actually. You know, God's not like he's got to have two hands with ten fingers. But we image him in every way, uh, morally and and what we care about and how we are put in charge of the earth to rule over it and take care of it. We do that to the glory of God. Everything we do is so when people would see a human being or when the rest of creation that God has created would see a human being, you know, a rabbit comes across a human being, he should be gazing upon what God uh, would be imaging through that human being. So, of course, that image can get hijacked. Uh, by sin, and it can uh, be tarnished and not look at all like God. But the purpose behind um, who we are in our identity, it's to image God. And it's the same purpose for the angels. And as we see throughout the Bible, there are fallen angels. They fall flat just like we fall flat. Uh, but that should that should speak volumes to us as to our identity, as to our our purpose, as to you know, who we are and uh, um, just give us even a closer glimpse at, at the spiritual world and how it works all the way from the beginning of Genesis, because it's right there at the beginning. You've already got God uh, talking to other spiritual beings and they're celebrating him. They're worshiping him for his ability to create. And if you're like me, that same thing happens just walking through a forest. Whenever I submerse myself in nature, I'm immediately just kind of like, taken over and i can't stop thinking about how brilliant god is to have created all this and i just keep kind of turning that over in my head and to the point that like i start to realize i'm worshiping him in the same way i'm kind of joining with the angels in that in job where they watch god create and they shout for joy as he does it uh, so with that being said that is our lesson for today 